This is the Chip Marble Podcast, a show where I look into the lives of interesting people. I'm a student here and in Toronto, Canada, studying radio broadcasting at Humber College. The college is one of the biggest and best learning institutions in Canada, and I'm involved in campus in different areas, so I get to meet people that I come across on a daily basis, and some are doing totally unique things or just have a really cool vibe, and I love the opportunity to talk to them and just soak that in. And I meet these people, and I bring them right here on the Chip Marble Podcast to talk about their lives. Today, I have Adam Lucier in studio. Welcome aboard, Adam. Thanks for having me in. Pleasure. Good to have you in, man. And uh, we're in the same radio program. I'm one year ahead of you, and we met doing the commentary for Humberhawks Sports Department. And I think we're actually working later on today doing the commentary for a volleyball game. Uh, should be a lot of fun, and I'm glad you came in early. I really appreciate you coming in early and uh, hanging out on the show, man. Anytime. It's always fun being in the studio. First off, how, how old are you? 23 years old, so I'm a little later in the game. I'm not the, the young hatch that I used to be. And 23 years old, where are you from? What part of Ont- Are you from Ontario? Yeah, Windsor, Ontario, right from uh, the southern tip. All right, southern tip. All right, man. The strip club capital of the world, right? Uh, you better believe it. I wouldn't say the highest of quality, but we sure got him in space. <laughs> I wonder who has the highest quality. Who can lay claim to that? Not that I've seen, at least in my neck of the woods. <laughs> and what's compelled you to have a career speaking into a microphone? It all started with uh, journalism. I was always a writer in high school and was pushed heavily to try out the journalism side of things and found it wasn't necessarily for me and took some years off and kind of evaluated what I really want to do. And there's enough going on in this noggin that I thought, why not join a program that would allow me to express myself and, you know, get some of these ideas that are bouncing around and get them out and get creative. And so far, a way you've been able to kind of exercise that desire to be speaking into the microphone has been the sports commentary, doing the play-by-play. And what's that experience been like for you? It's been an absolute treat. If you told me going into this radio program, what's the one thing, if I had a dream job, a dream passion, it'd be exactly that. I I watch sports every day for free. I talk about them every day for free. Uh, The fact that I could be involved in this and the the level of program that Humber has, it's it's a treat. It's an absolute blessing to be able to do it. Yeah, we've gotten to do all kinds of sports, and it's a lot of fun. It's one of the better collegiate athletic programs in the country, so it's kind of a big deal, and it's fun to just be a part of that. And, you know, it's such a spectacle, and to just kind of play our role, it really has been a good time. I think you probably have the same same thoughts. Yeah, you get that aura. As soon as you step into the hawk's nest, you see that Bannerville flying proud, and you look up in the rafters, and it's Get your blood pumping to get some juice going, and it's fun to be a part of. Which sport do you think you like to do the most? What's your favorite? I, I've grown up a baseball nut. Uh, just being able, for the first few games I got to work, being baseball and softball, um, I, I was blown away. It's a treat of mine. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a volleyball nut. I wouldn't say it's my uh, most in-depth knowledge as far as sports go, but having a blast. It's just the energy of that gym. It's, it's good to be a part of. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um you know what kind of role does sports play in your life? Are you a big, big sports guy? I would imagine I'm sure, played growing up as well. Yeah, played uh, hockey and baseball all through my childhood, and it's been just one of those things. As long as I can remember, you wake up. What's the sports news of the day? You go to bed. What's the sports news of the day? And every hour in between, you just got to know. It's it's obsessive. 
Um, a lot of people in my life say it's too obsessive. But so you could be why well, I, I, I like sports and I like broadcasting, but I just can't really get on board with the sports talk. I find it goes entirely too deep. I just can't hang in there with talking about what Dallas's defense is going to look like next year if they could just maybe what the draft order. You know, it's too deep. But I guess you're one of those fellas, and you know, it just to each their own. That you can actually go that deep and you're into that level of. I'm the insufferable guy at the sports bar. Who <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, like you said, breaking down defenses and matchups, and oh, that's what I live for. I could use all this brain power for something else, but just haven't found anything I enjoyed uh, doing more. So, in, in terms of playing sports, that what the, any experiences from playing sports that you found were really just kind of important, fundamental, maybe shaping you as a person? It's it's the camaraderie. Uh, I was never a strong enough athlete to participate in an individual sport. I was never going to win a 100-meter dash. I was never going to win the long jump. But you jump into a hockey team or a baseball team, and you got 15, 16 brothers with you that every week, week in and week out, and you go battle. And it's a blast just being able to get out those competitive juices. You know, as a young man, you got some something pent up inside Lots of you. Lots of juice built up. <laughs> uh, you better believe it. So <laughs> better to get it out on the, the baseball diamond or the hockey rink than, you know, getting into trouble absolutely yeah and yeah it's really good to have that outlet for sports there's no doubt you know you mentioned that you weren't strong enough as an individual athlete to succeed i never thought of it like that although it is a fun funny that you put it like that i always assumed oh i do team sports because i like doing my role as a part of a team but yeah maybe i just wasn't strong enough of an (laughs) athlete to uh succeed in the individual with all the spotlight on me as a (laughs) yeah as the short pudgy young man i was it uh I knew athletics weren't my future, but I loved them too much to give up. So anyway, I was able to contribute and play a role on any team I had. It was, it's just a blast. And doing the broadcast is just, it's a ton of fun. And, you know, I kind of, all my life, I had been watching televised broadcasts of sports, and I just admired the commentators and the way that they're on camera. They're just talking so smoothly, and the way they use their hands to emphasize what they're saying. I just always kind of latched onto that, and I kind of, you know, indirectly made my way to now actually doing that with my time. And is there anybody in particular that you focused on growing up? You're like, ah, that broadcaster is, he's dynamite. He's good. Uh, for me, it was a lot of hockey broadcast. I, I grew up in, you know, the, the hockey night in Canada range. So that's Bob Cole and the, the absolute legends. Guys that are just consummate professionals, uh, never make a wrong call. Football was huge in my life. The Al Michaels, the Mike Tarikos. It, it's just, like you said, it's just years of watching this. I was such a sports nut that... All my days were spent watching these broadcasts, and whether you liked it or not, I'm not a big Joe Buck fan. I know a lot of people aren't. But I'm the, coming around on Joe Buck. Now that I'm doing this job, the amount of respect I have gained for Joe Buck is not easy. I thought I love sports. I could talk sports uh, for eons and never shut up. Then all of a sudden, that mic's live, and you got a two-and-a-half-hour broadcast to get through. All of a sudden, you know, it's not so simplistic. I always was not a fan of Joe Buck because when Randy Moss did the pretend moon the crowd in Green Bay and Joe Buck was just disgusted. I always thought, oh, shut up, Joe <laughs> Buck. But I do I do think that when you have a, a, a professional sport and it's this big stage that all these young kids are watching and you have maybe an athlete that they admire shooting the moon to the, the crowd of people, maybe <laughs> that is behavior that you don't want to encourage. Maybe the right thing to do is be like a disgusted and to voice that. And then again, that's that's not a popular call, but it sure is famous. We're talking about it here today, and a, a lot of calls you can't say that, even though a despicable act by Randy Moss. Whatever that call was, hate it or love it, it's still living on 
years on. And the fact that us not being an athlete and still being able to be connected and remembered with some great sports moments, I mean, let's be honest, we're, we're on a mic. We're not the ones uh, pulling off these incredible feats, but just by proximity, we're allowed to be included in that. It's It's the coolest thing in the world to me. Yeah, but, you know, there is quite a art. Like, you ever watch a broadcast with no commentary? It just feels like a ghost town. You know what I mean? Like, it really is a, a huge part of the broadcast. And, you know, to be fair, most of the time the game's on at the at the, the bar. People aren't listening to the commentary. Yeah. But, you know, take a guy like Joe Rogan for the UFC. When you hear him do his commentary, it really adds to the, you know, I'm at the bar. I'm like, ah, I wish I could hear what Rogan has to say about this right now. That, that's another one of my major obsessions is MMA and UFC. So guys like that, John Anik and Joe Rogan on the broadcast, it's... It's such a treat because Joe Rogan, he's not a professional commentator. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a conversationalist with his podcast, and that comes through. Uh, you can't have any phoniness come through on the mic because it, it's just so evident. Yeah. Your best bet is being yourself, and if that doesn't work out, there's other things you can do. Even to go back to Joe Buck do with, with being disgusted by Randy Moss, there really is a responsibility you have when you're on the microphone. In life, you know, every day you leave the house, you could be confronted by any number of situations and you have to respond just as a man, as a human being, man or woman, you have to respond to those situations correctly because you have to look yourself in the mirror and know that you kind of did the right thing when you were faced with a predicament with some kind of challenge and I think Joe Buck kind of took it upon himself to stand up and do and we were doing a broadcast on Thursday we were doing just a couple days ago doing a volleyball broadcast and the camera crew was like zooming in on, on the opposing team's coach we're really just smoking this team right <laughs> and our camera crew the production team has kept zooming in on the other team's coach and it really it's just kind of not doesn't look good we already have we're a winning team we're a winning school so people hate a winner right (laughs) they love to celebrate a winner on the way up but once you've been on top for as long as humber college athletics has been people do not necessarily uh celebrate your success they want to see you fall so when we're doing something that could be interpreted as mean-spirited it's not good i kind of said to the truck i hit my button to talk to the truck off air i said wow you guys are really roasting this coach eh and when i was driving home i realized i needed to i should have said something because it's it's the right thing to do and they needed to be kind of guided in the right direction but i missed that opportunity and like joe buck maybe i should have probably not on air maybe even on air maybe calling our production team out on air would have been the right thing to do but i realized that i was on microphone i had a responsibility and i didn't really fulfill that and i felt bad about it that's the, it's there's so many regrets you could have you're on mic for that two and a half hours and like you said it, it's easy to step away off the mic and come back and say hey maybe i should have perform differently maybe i should handle it this way but is there a hundred percent right thing to do in that situation because at the very least you went halfway i think just bring it to the attention because as you mentioned if, if the poor coach is looking down the barrel and he he sees that broadcast it's a tough go as you mentioned uh, people aren't rooting for our success anymore bannerville is has been here for too long <laughs> to to really uh, have people rooting our way yeah, it, it you know, I guess you do have again, you're on mic, you're exposed, uh you're really kind of have some spotlight on you as much as the broadcast is about the athletes obviously. You do have a certain amount of uh, you know, you're in the public eye and you have responsibilities and you have to take those seriously. So God bless you, Joe Buck. But good on you. I have to say as kind of the first year that the young buck of this com- commenting crew, I don't think that's a move I would have pulled. Just, I think the fact that you have the experience and 
Uh, you've been there long enough. You've had enough airtime on those broadcasts that y- you could see the right and wrong. And I'm not saying I won't get there, but I'm saying it's going to take a whole lot of experience. Well, it's it's from being a part of the organization of Humber College Athletics and just kind of understanding that we are the New England Patriots who are not very <laughs> well liked and people are always looking for a reason to, you know, looking for a reason to get on our case and, and be like, see, they're winning, but they're doing it the wrong way. You know, like they might be number one, but you don't want to be like that, you know, so uh, I cognizant of that plus these are all first year students who you know are doing the uh television you know the, the the broadcasts and working the cameras and choosing which camera angles to do so again they're young and you know i don't fault them i just it really is upon people like joe buck <laughs> i'm the joe buck in this situation <laughs> so that makes you the troy aikman hey i'll take that any day of the week um yeah so just thought about that and it's a lot of fun. It really is the best. And, you know, as much as we're in a radio program and we are going on air, you know, in second year, you, you go on air, you get radio shifts, you're hosting music radio. I have found that doing the sports broadcasts have been the most fulfilling. You know, I'll leave those broadcasts and just hanging out, talking to everybody in athletics. I'll leave there and I'm just, you know, just being on air and getting to like crack a joke or just feel like you did a good job. It's really the most fulfilling thing I've done at Humber, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I'm right in the same boat as you are, and it goes back to that kind of team sport mentality we're talking about. Where you know, I've I've outgrown the the youth sport age, and I don't have that that team hockey or baseball that I used to. But I'm getting that that feeling when I walk into that hawk's nest and go in and see you and Kyle, the second year commentators, and everybody. It's such a huge operation to get that varsity game not only broadcasted but set up and ready to go, and the familiar faces, the camaraderie you see in there. It's it's that nice, warm atmosphere you talked about. Just, you know, like you said, cracking a joke and having a good time and knowing you'll see there next week. It's 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 been a treat. And maybe our days of being on a sports team, contributing in that athletic sense, they might be over, Adam. I don't want to break any. Hope this isn't news to you. Five foot eight. I'm waiting for my basketball uh, career to jump off. But, <laughs> but yeah, my, my football days were over. And now doing these broadcasts, being a part of that unit, it really is a team. And, you know, more specifically, our sports information, we have this small group, our little department that we set up broadcasts with. It's a well-oiled machine. And we have our star player, you know, Jade, Jay Brar who is just from on the production side, just managing everything from graphics to working the broadcast. And he's really good. He even advises us as commentators. And I love having that team. And that is like kind of the future to be working in sports. We're not playing, but we still get to capture an essence of that with our little team and our roles and doing the best we can in our role. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. And I got to commend you guys about the, the relationship that you already have. I remember that first game of softball was my first assignment, first game going into. I was scared pantsless. I didn't know anybody going in there. I didn't know who were the guys to talk to, where I should be, where to set up. And just walking into a, a group of guys and ladies that just were there to have fun. They're there for a blast. Of course, we have a job to do. We want to do the best possible job. But just the the welcoming and the, like, the teamwork. As you mentioned, Jay, he... He runs that place like no one else. Every, any issue you have, Jay's on it before you even know it's an issue. It's, uh, yeah, you guys got a solid team, and it's so easy for a first year like me to, to walk in and be a part of it. And it all goes down to we're doing something that we find inherently enjoyable, but then it's the quest to make sure that you're doing it on a really high level, doing the best you can, and it really helps to have people that are really good around you, like Jay, 
to kind of set the tone for, okay, this is what we're doing here. We're not just farting around and, you know, putting the putting the camera on the opposing coach's face. And <laughs> <laughs> like, it really does help to have really good people around. And, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was saying, look, like you can do things that you have passion for, but if you don't find a unique way to package it, really make it valuable, you're not going to be able to do that thing that you find fun and that's your passion. You're not going to be able to do it for long if you don't find a way to enterprise it, really grow it to something relevant, something commercially relevant. Yeah, and I feel that, you know, thank you, Humber College. They all throw some dollars our way for the work that we put in for these broadcasts. But I genuinely believe that every person I see at that varsity game would likely be there if there's no pay involved. I legitimately feel like all of us go there and have a great time, and it's it's a highlight of our week, just getting the team together and, as you mentioned, just putting out the best work possible. It's a really vibrant community athletics, but Humber as a whole, the college is a really vibrant situation. There's lots of good opportunities, and, you know, we're both here studying, and I'm curious, what brought you to Humber College? Is it kind of just a fluke that you ended up at one of the best colleges with one of the best radio programs, or did you put in that research, and, you know, is that what brought you here? I will probably not be the first one with this story, but sure enough, I was watching Tim and Sid, and uh, popular on Sportsnet, and Sid Sexero says, I represent where I came from, radio broadcasting, Humber College. That's sick. And I went, hold on a minute. I'm a huge Tim and Sid fan, huge fan of what they do and the sports commentary and the fun they have. So I looked it up, and you could still go to school for radio? It kind of blew me away that that was, that was still an option, and went all over Ontario trying to see what the best program is, and... Sure enough, the first one I looked at was the most uh, the most credentialed, uh, the most successful alumni. It was a really really easy pick. I mean, Humber far and away when it comes to radio broadcasting. And now that I'm here, I feel like I've only solidified my findings that I had early on this year. Yeah, it's a great place to be, and it's interesting that you kind of have somebody you admire in Sid Sexero vouch for it, and you're like, that's that's definitely helps. You come here, you see the facilities. That also goes a long way. I don't know if you toured any other schools. And there's some good schools out there. I went saw Mohawk. I saw Algonquin College in Ottawa. And, you know, they look like they have a cool thing going on. And beyond facilities, it's really just all about the group of people that you collect there with. And, you know, in our radio program, I'm in second year. You're in first year. I have 30 classmates. You probably have about 30. And there's some really good people in there that can kind of lift you up. And it's a really cool thing to have that peer group. And as much as Humber College deserves so much credit for the foundation and, and what the facilities they um, give you really another huge part is just the people you have to share that with and what you can all create together. Yeah, we have everything we need here as far as studios and the technical side of things, everything we need to be successful. But the biggest resource I've found has been the instructors. It's been the students I'm here with. Th- these are people that I know I'm going to see down the road. If I remain in this industry, those instructors will be there, uh, maybe not necessarily guiding me, but they'll be an influence throughout the way. Uh, my fellow classmates could be my bosses later on in this, and it's 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 such an amazing resource that I, I maybe took for granted a little bit in the middle, just how successful um, each and every instructor is and how in-depth their knowledge is of this industry. It's, it's invaluable. So with that being said, great facilities you have access to and great professors that we have here that you can learn from and the people in your classmates that you can connect with and share ideas and kind of elevate each other. How have you taken to being here and adjusting your focus to make sure that you get the most out of that in these two years? Because you have to really, you know, make hay while the sun shines. And pretty soon you'll be out of the program before you know it. And what do you have lined up is really going to be a product of how much, how, 
high quality of an incubation period this two-year time span is for you? It's, it's, it's tough to look back on and know that this entire experience, like you said, is squashed down into one year. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a little bit intimidating. You see yourself looking ahead and I have this assignment due in two weeks. I have this due in a month. But what I need to realize specifically is that every day you're here is the biggest opportunity you've ever had. If you're not going to wake up every morning and pursue this and do everything you can, no one's going to help you. You know, I, I came up here from Windsor. I, I have no family. Uh, none of my friends came up with me. It's solo. If I'm going to succeed, it's on me, and it's no one else. And the instructors have made that perfectly clear, and and you, you, you sink or you swim, and that's what it comes down with. So I'm just trying to get my floaties on and get out of this strong, hopefully. And I think that's an interesting concept, the idea of being here solo, not really having a lifeline to kind of fall back on and go like my biggest mistake when I went to university right out of high school was I picked Brock University, which was a great place to study, but I picked there mainly because, oh, a lot of my friends are going there from my hometown. It'll be almost like I never, I'm not really making a next, I'm not really making a change. I'm not really graduating to another phase of life. I'm pretty much just hanging out in that same hometown vibe. And I chose to do that instead of going all the way across the country to the University of Victoria, where I would have been like you, a fish out of water, would have had to totally find out what am I all about? Not what have I been about? What's my identity being from this, you know, Oakville, Ontario with these friends. I kind of latched onto that instead of looking for something new, instead of being reborn. And I probably didn't get as much growth I'm still glad the way my life has materialized. Those four years at Brock studying, getting my bachelor's in health science was super valuable. But I think really there's such a reward for following what you love to do and just going solo, you know, (laughs) just going out there and just doing the Adam Lucia show and (laughs) not trying to fall back on what you know. Yeah, I was guilty of the exact same thing. Out of high school, I went to St. Clair College in Windsor for journalism, and I was in that program because I had to. You graduate high school, what's next? College, of course. Oh, there's a facility 20 minutes from my home? Of course I'm going to go there. I eat mama's cooking. I see all my buddies whenever I want to, the girlfriends in town, everything I need. It's so comfortable and so relaxed that I don't think I put in the effort that I do up here. Just just that comfort level. They always say life doesn't start till you step outside your comfort zone, and that's, that's essentially what I'm doing here. I, even at 23 years old, just kind of you know step out on your own and and chase something you love. I, I legitimately love what we're doing, whether it's the sports uh, broadcasting or, or any of the things here. It's, it's, it's just been great. It's just been great knowing that I'm, I'm here, I'm doing it for myself, and I'm the only one that can help me. And, it's, it, yeah, it's such a huge growth opportunity. You really do... You know, what's the idea of growing? I guess my whole perspective, my philosophy is that I want to challenge myself outside of my comfort zone because I will grow. I will get better. I will become a more functional human being. And I guess my idea being that I'll just be able to live a better life, a more functional life. I'll be more effective as a person. I'll be able to find more meaning and I'll be able to take on more complex tasks, have more responsibility, and I'll just be happier and I'll be more connected to the people around me and I'll be offering something to the people around me. And I really do kind of see that as my whole approach in life. And I kind of forget where I was going with this. We're talking (laughs) about Windsor growing. Yeah. So just 
taking on those opportunities to challenge yourself to go outside of your comfort zone, follow something, you know, you feel this calling to go study sports broadcasting in Humber College and you just follow that and it's kind of scary like shit, I'm going to be kind of away from everybody, but there's such a high reward to following a calling, being brave, kind of standing strong and just seeing that to fruition and just seeing what life kind of blooms into. And usually it's something pretty great. Yep. Cause that's what it came down to. I knew I was taking a massive risk coming out here, and either I succeed and I f- or I fail. And either way, that's a huge opportunity. I want to know. If you toss me out on my own, and it's 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 your responsibility to be successful. What's gonna happen? Like what's what's deep in you? What's that motivation way down in your gut that's gonna get you up every morning and get going? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really been a it's. Yeah, while you're here at Humber, there are so many more things for, you know, okay, wow, I I went outside my comfort zone and this is actually turning out really great. But now there's another thing. Now there's another challenge and it's really nonstop and you can't really be proud of yourself for too long because there's another challenge that's coming at you pretty soon and you have to rise up to that too. And boy, it's... uh, it's always it's it's constantly escalating and just when you think you're you're comfortable hey i'm pretty cool here that's the wrong mindset you need to constantly be readjusting and aiming higher it's exhausting it's terrifying but it just it's just a law of nature it's it's rewarding and you're going to be better off if you just fucking walk into the walk into the fire you know yeah the, the old fake it till you make it right i mean yeah, especially being close to some of the second years, that's been a huge influence on me as well is, hey, I've been through exactly what you've been through a few months ago, and here's what I did to be successful, and here's what you could do. And as we talked about, it's the human resources that we have that I think is, is better than any fancy new microphone, any switchboard, any great monitor. I will take a knowledgeable, passionate person any day of the week. Do you feel like you're doing something that you're good at? That's a great question. Um, Part of me doesn't want to say yes. I I don't think anybody wants to be, yeah, I'm great at where I'm at. Because as you said, as soon as you get complacent, that's where things start going wrong. But uh, I've always, you know, loved conversation. I've always loved the spoken word, whether it's uh, writing or any, any sort of medium. It's been a passion for me. So just the fact that I could be involved with the type of media that I've loved uh, my entire life, it's, it's, it's a thrill. Like now that I see that stuff that I thought about two weeks ago, all of a sudden it's an MP3 like file on my desktop, and that's me. No one else could take claim to that. It's uh, it's neat. It is really really cool. I'm still getting adjusted to it, but having fun while I'm at it. Yeah, and I think that we decided to get into this program, and I'm sure you had little glimpses of you're doing something that you love, and you kind of do get a little glimpse of maybe there is a little nugget of talent there, and I just need to chip away and really make sure that can can really blossom and really come to its full fruition. And it really is a craft, and you have to kind of apply that craftsman mindset of like, I'm really going to work hard to develop this skill And again, I'm going to offer something. I'm going to, I love sports. I want to work in sports. I want to be in that environment and offer something because great commentators really do. They enhance the the experience. That's the goal. Yeah, but it's, it's, I'm sure you could ask any of our professors. Look at Paul Cross, who has decades upon decades of industry experience. Is he going to tell you that he's learned everything he needs to know? Not a chance in hell. Uh, it's, It's inspiring that these people who have been in this for decades are still trying to learn day in and day out. And, you know, hopefully we can do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a constant process of learning and really just trying to get 
as good as possible. You know, I think that's kind of what's getting me out of bed lately is I got to hit my ceiling, you know, like this is going to be a fun endeavor and I'm loving it right now. And the best part is that I'm constantly chasing that. There's just so much room to grow. And maybe one day I'll feel like I'll hit my ceiling and I go, I don't really know if I could get any better at this. And maybe it'll grow stale at that point. And then I'll have to move on to something else. And that's the beautiful thing with life is there's a lot of things I'm interested in. I just have happened to really focus my energies on this one thing. And I just really want to see if I can hit my ceiling. Maybe you're a similar way in terms of that philosophy that kind of gets you out of bed in the morning of just wanting to become as good as possible because the way I see it, that's going to be the ticket to me living the most profound existence where I can just Again, this broadcasting is such a cool way. Think of all the cool people we've gotten to meet through doing this. And not only are we building up ourselves, but then we get to connect into the matrix of our environment. And I just find that to be so rewarding. You know, that's it's kind of been my philosophy where it doesn't matter what you're doing. I worked as at McDonald's as a kid. I don't care if I'm a fry cook. You better believe I'm going to be the best damn fry cook in town. And it's kind of the same mentality you got to bring into this, whether you want to be on the announcing side, whether you want to. Uh, produce whatever you're gonna do. Why wouldn't you uh, aspire to be the best? What's the downside of doing everything you can? And I find there's just a biological reward mechanism when you push yourself to be the best you can be, and you really go out there and take care of business, do what you have to do, take care of the details, and just really try to make something impressive. Try to contribute something impressive. Again, if you can also occupy that mindset of what am I giving to other people? What responsibility do I have to provide something of value? And I think that is something that makes it really easy to live your life in a kind of an energized state is think about what you owe to other people. You know, if you're going to be walking through life and you're kind of cutting corners and you eating cereal before bed and you're just not (laughs) taking care of yourself and you're kind of not exercising, you're going to be a frumped up version of yourself and you're not going to be, you're not going to be contributing as much positive to your environment as possible. On the flip side, if you really take care of yourself, you take care of business, you really challenge yourself to work as hard as possible and kind of fine tune your sword to be as sharp as possible. I think you're going to contribute something. You're going to be shining and people are going to see you in your environment that deal with you and they're going to be uplifted. They're going to have that positive transference of of your positive energy. So if you can kind of think the way I see it, if you can kind of think of what you owe to the people around you, kind of makes it easier to do the right thing and really kind of maximize your existence because you kind of owe that contribution to other people yeah it's, in a way uh, this the standard is you in a way so i find uh, people like yourself who take this very seriously and very strong what you do uh like you're a resource to me and all the people who i've met along the way it's the exact same thing if i if i do well for myself i, I have great on an assignment sure i go to bed feeling pretty happy but if someone is a little lost on a concept uh that i you know i'm you know, have less trouble with just being able to offer that little bit of the tiny bit of knowledge I've accumulated in this course and just being sure that you said the fulfillment that that's, that's huge to me. Just knowing I, you know, could do what I could have done to make that person's life a little easier, uh, helping them comprehend it's fulfillment. And it may be a selfish way to look at it, but helping others is helping yourself as cliche as that sounds. No, for sure. There is uh, a lot that you come away with when you really occupy that mindset of what can I do for other people? And you really do get a pretty profound reward from that. And again, it's just one of those biological mechanisms that uh, are at work. Now, I have a question for you, man, because there's a lot of people, you know, we're in our radio broadcasting program. We look around. There's some impressive people in our programs and uh, 
But it, the people that we, we don't see, there's uh, thousands of people that are trying to do the same thing we are. And do you have any, do you put any thought into doing what you're doing in a unique way? Bringing something entirely unique to the table that only Adam Lucier is, um, is able to do. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, are you focused on trying to do something unique? Do you put any thought into, I'm going to have to do something entirely unique to what I can bring to the table? That's something that occupied a lot of my brain space early on in this course. Because what's going to set you apart? And in my head initially, it was a stick. You got to have your stick, whether you're the, the goofy guy, the, the silly guy, the knowledgeable guy, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's yourself. And I found that if I'm going to bring anything unique to this industry, unique to what I'm doing, it's going to be because it's me doing it. Uh, I can't, you know, rely on any cool little wacky trend to get me by in this. If I'm going to be successful, it's because I'm me. So I think the uniqueness kind of has to come from within. Yeah. If we're all just kind of looking to, you know, strike a nerve to do something that kind of catches on, right? Because there's a million people doing their impression of whatever, you know, their impression of, of Joe Buck, yep, right? Yep. And I think that that's only going to go so far. You're going to have to find a way to do something. We're all going to have to find a way to do something that is just different. And, you know, we can all, we can look at the, we're in this day and age where there's a lot of people in media and we can survey everything that's going on and hopefully extrapolate what's missing, what's right on the vanguard, what's that just, you know, thing that's right there that you can figure out. And that's kind of where I've been thinking about a lot lately is what can I do to make sure just generate ideas and just try to find something that a good idea that will pop off. And then again, turn this passion that we have and turn it into a sustainable uh, enterprise that we can do for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, what's the, the easiest thing to franchise? And that's your own personality. Whether it's a podcast, TV, radio, any sort of media, the easiest thing to transfer is who you are. So if you have that confidence, you have that persona, it could take you anywhere. Whether that's radio, I know we're in a radio course, the chances that 100% of us are in the radio industry in 10 years, pretty unlikely. So whatever you're doing, wherever this path takes you you got to be damn comfortable in your own skin in order to do it mm. it's really cool i like what you said there we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back and like you said not everybody that we are going to school with in radio is going to necessarily be working in radio a lot of new media platforms i want to talk about that and we'll do that coming up next on the chip marble podcast And we're back on today's show. Adam Lucier here in studio. We have to go pretty soon and do our volleyball broadcast. Should be good. You know, a little uh, number four nationally ranked team, uh, our volleyball team. So it should be a fun, fun game to commentate. Always fun seeing the guys out there. And, you know, before we went to break, we were talking about the idea of, you know, working in radio. And these days, there's all these new platforms. There's podcasting. People are releasing audio content all over the place, not just radio. And things are kind of changing. Do you put any thought into kind of exploring those digital, those newfound mediums in addition to your studies of radio? It's a short time period, but in about a year and a half now, I'll be out of here. And it's it's something we discussed in class where 
say 10, 15 years ago, if I told you coming out of school, I want to be a social media influencer. You get a lot of stares. You get a lot of questions. Um, it's just a job that didn't exist a decade ago. And we likely we could be looking at the uh, same situation here. 10 years from now, I could be in a job description that doesn't exist at the current moment. So it's about creating your brand and setting yourself on the right path that essentially whatever opportunity arises, you just have to make sure you're well-equipped. So whether that job description is one that's been around since the first radio station back in the early 1900s, or whether it's a job that doesn't exist just yet, you're going to need the skills and the knowledge to, to hop into to any door that opens. Yeah, you're going to have to be versatile, and it is kind of a weird idea that we don't even know what's going to be in demand, and I think that people are always, they're never going to go out of business, and to be a dynamic personality in whatever context, uh, their microphone is probably going to be involved, and I guess we can just kind of work on developing those skills, and then I guess hopefully that'll just lead to wherever it leads, and uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting landscape out there things are just reforming you know television we're in this weird age where netflix is just like crushed television and radio is kind of competing with all these other audio platforms that are a bit more dynamic and you just have to imagine that those platforms are in their infancy and they're so versatile so dynamic they're only going to grow and things are just going to keep changing and here we are just trying to ride that wave you know and uh it's kind of an interesting ride we'll see where it goes yeah, gone are the days of the sitting down at the family couch and watching the six o'clock news. It's any sort of media, any information you want. It's it's a few clicks away, and it's it's up to us as the content creators to to put out what the demand is. I mean, demand has never been more important as it is currently, because people choose. As you said, Netflix. No one's got a cable subscription anymore because they could choose exactly what they want to watch when they want to watch it. Are you looking beyond the current? Are you making steps? Like you're in school. You've only been here for a few months. Are you consciously thinking about the next steps and how you're going to network and put yourself out there, meet people in the industry? How are you kind of thinking about taking those steps? Yeah, it's something that definitely has to come to mind because what I've learned, especially from the instructors, is that jobs in this industry come from people in this industry. Um, a resume is great. Uh, it doesn't matter how many volunteer hours you have, what experience you have. It's so important that there's people in the industry that know you and trust the kind of person you are, the type of worker you are, the type of content creator you are. Um, if you don't have that, if you don't have that reference, it, it's a tough go. You're your own worst enemy. Um, so it's networking is not something I thought coming into this would be as crucial as it is, but it's been drilled into me time and time again, and I'm having fun doing it. Yeah, this entire experience in college is like one long job interview. And everything you do is leaving a footprint, leaving an impression, and you can't really undo that. And it's kind of exhausting and it's kind of like frightening. It's like, damn, I got to be on point all the time now. And it's kind of this graduation from the days of being a kid where it was kind of low, like low risk, low reward, you know, yeah, <laughs> there wasn't. Skating by. Yeah. And now it's like, that's gone. And you have to embrace the fact that it's a much more challenging environment that we're in. And it's really going to take a lot to rise up to that challenge. And, you know, it's exciting though, because I guess the end game is that we're carving out a place for us in a really cool environment where we can have cool experiences and meet really interesting people and just kind of fulfill, you know, whatever the maximum abilities that Adam Lucier has, whatever the greatest reach of your existence could be trying to fulfill that, right? And the most thrilling part about this program is that everybody wants you to succeed. Every instructor, every fellow student I've talked to, 
it, it, there's so much camaraderie and teamwork. Everybody just wants the best for each other. And I know that's not evident in a lot of other programs. I know some that could be so competitive and dog-eat-dog, step-over-you to get to my dream, get to my goal. And that's just, it's not something I've experienced. And like I'm truly thankful for it, just being able to have people that are really pushing you in the right direction, day in and day out. Yeah, well, in media, you're going to have people that are your classmates who have egos, naturally. They want to be the one on microphone. And some of those ego personalities might have a difficult time kind of not being the top dog. Maybe they have a need to be the top. We all have a need to be heard. I think that uh, goes without saying. We're voluntarily, you know, making sure that we're heard. <laughs> and so there are, there's going to be some of that competition, and you do have to kind of be aware of the fact that some people are, you know, those how to manage those personalities. Even not all the time that they're threatening to you, but that they just require a bit more delicate handling than some other people. And, you know, to another point, the professors that we have as much, they do want to see you succeed because, you know, I coach football and when there's a kid who is really into it and just really enthusiastic, you latch onto him and you give him more time and more attention because you feel like it's more worthwhile. You feel like you're really making an impact. And I think the same thing, if you show that enthusiasm to these professors and these people at the college, they're going to invest time in you because it's just, just human nature. You know? Yeah, and like they said, they all legitimately take enjoyment in what they're doing and what they're teaching. The fact that they could bring up this next generation into an industry that they love and that they're passionate about, they want to inject some fresh blood. And uh, I respect that. And they're not trying to be stuck in their own ways or telling us we got to be traditional. This is the way to do things. This is how we've always do things. Constantly told, push the limits, uh, see where the boundaries are at, experiment. And that's, that's been so much fun, just the willingness to, to really be creative and just step outside your comfort zone. I worked for Bell Media, you know, one of the bigger media companies in Canada. I've heard of them. <laughs> and uh, we, I had a host there, and she was, like, really encouraging. And her whole thing was like, you know, I like radio, and I just I think it'd be great if somebody like you was working in it. So, yeah, to, to that, to your point, they almost, they love radio as much as they might like you as a person. They love what radio has been for them and they want to see it be as strong as possible. And if they think that you're going to be a good contribution to the state of radio, they're going to want to push you in that direction and make, you know, do everything they can to enable you to really leave your mark. And I thought that was a a really cool thing. But on the flip side of that coin, uh, they also give you the opportunity to fail. If you're here and you're not committed and you're not doing what you need to be doing, they're fine. They'll let you slip. That's, that's no worry to them. They're, They're trying to find that diamond in the rough, they're looking, as you mentioned, the football analogy. The person who gives the passion is the person that's going to get attention. But the person who is wasting their time and dogging it through the sprints and not stretching, you do get on their ass and you go, come on. And just like the professors here, they do look at the people who are slacking, who are just kind of existing and there's no real passion. They're not really motivated. They do look, they do try to get, you know, kick them in the ass and go, come on. And, you know, you, you lose, you know, at a certain point because you're kind of bringing the whole team down. We're, you know, we're all... You know, maybe a football coach wouldn't mind some kid dragging ass, but you really are. You're you're messing up this whole operation we have here, and we need you to comply. And, you know, you can only go so far. At a certain point, you kind of realize, oh, this is what I'm dealing with. All right. And then you kind of do lose your enthusiasm to reform their character. I mean, talent only gets you so far. I could throw the prettiest spiral in the world, be your quarterback, but if I'm dogging it at practice, I'm not doing my runs, I'm not doing my conditioning, what, what good is it to the team? It's great that you're talented. It's great that you got this spark about you. But if you're not willing to grind and put in that effort day in and day out, uh, good luck getting where you need to be. 
and you're just not going to, you know, we admire those athletes like Jerry Rice who are able to not just be super talented, but to have that work ethic. And oftentimes people with the talent, they find a way to just not occupy a mindset of, you know, being the best. And it, it really, it's kind of disheartening. And that, that is why we hold up those people who have the talent and have the ethic. We really hold those people in such high regard. Just the rarity of them. I mean, it's it's so often you get somebody who's passionate and maybe just not cut out for it, or you get somebody who's leagues above everybody, but they're not willing to get that rare breed of, as you said, Jerry Rice, the greatest of all time, and would still work every day to remain the greatest of all time. Yeah. Every day was an opportunity to get better, even though you're number one. It's just that embodiment of human excellence, right? It's just in every facet, and uh, we admire that. You know, strong mind, strong body. Speaking of strong body, you know, I'm wondering... Because I have a health background, four year in health science education, and I really do think that exercise and diet are so important. They enable you to approach life with the most energy, the most strong foundation to really be at your best and to really be at your most effective. So I'm really conscious of my diet and I make sure that like, I exercise before uh, the podcast today because I feel like just with everything I have going on in my day today, that's just going to get me energized, kind of oxygenate my brain and just get me ready to take on the day. And of course, diet is always something that I'm managing because that, you know, when the diet's bad, you just feel like you're burdened and you're, and you're not really able to function because your body's like fighting this battle of that pizza. <laughs> and I still struggle with that so much, but I'm wondering, like sp- starting with diet, is that something that you consciously focus on and that you kind of tailor to suit your needs? Uh, it's something that's it's been a new development in my life. Uh, I'm living on residence here at Humber in a dorm room, and it's it's a free for all. Eat whatever you want when you want to do it. And I found that woo uh, yeah <laughs> oh it was a blast. Don't get me wrong, but it starts affecting that 8 a.m. class you have, or it starts affecting that volleyball game you got to call later that night because you had three slices of pe- pizza and a Dr Pepper, and you're hunched <laughs> over at the table, right? Uh, so yeah, this semester it's been a real real uh, different change for me. It's it's hitting the salad bar a couple times a day. It's hitting that cardio room, hopping on the treadmill for an hour and a half, like you said, before a busy day. That's funny because I don't see you in there. Uh, well, uh, maybe just go at different, <laughs> just go at different times. You know, I'm kind of a late night guy. <laughs> I got to stay in there longer, I guess. I got to meet up with you. But yeah, it's just uh, coming back from this semester. You'll know, you'll see me because I'm the one that's talking to the the girls working the uh, the supervisor desks. I'm just I'll always I'm always hanging out there. <laughs> <laughs> I should be working out, but let's have. A I've had chat. many a workout and prematurely because I'm just oh I'll just go talk to her. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm a little exhausted. Let me have a quick <laughs> chat and I'll hop back on this here. Uh, no, I'm cooled down. It's over. <laughs> But yeah, exercise is a big thing too, right? And they kind of go hand in hand. I feel when I have a good exercise session, it really fuels the desire to go and fuel right and eat eat well after. Yeah, because if you think, if I hop on the treadmill for 45 minutes, oh, I'm going to be exhausted the rest of the day. It's really not true. You hop on that treadmill, the, uh, the, the sense of accomplishment you have and fulfillment that, hey, I got in a good sweat and it's... It's just a daily booster to add into your schedule. Exercise can exhaust you, actually. Like, when I was getting over a cold, so then I hadn't been in the gym for a few days. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling a bit better. I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm like 75% over this cold. I'm going to go lift some weights. And I'm like, oh, I feel <laughs> great right now. I got so much energy. But then by the time I left the gym after just a full lit, lit, uh, weightlifting session, I was done. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you have to be conscious mm-hmm. exercise, but also be conscious of how, how much sleep did you have last night? Um, how long is this day going to be for you? Do you have a 12? 
12-hour workday, maybe going 100% in the gym in the morning is not, you're going to burn up too much fuel. And you really do have to consciously uh, monitor just how much you exert yourself. And, you know, we're all, we all go to the gym. We all want to walk away with that great feeling where we're just feel alive and we're imbued with like strength and enthusiasm and energy. But you have to give yourself the right dose. Exercise is a medicine and you got to give yourself the right particular medicine, you know, and the right dose. Which I think is is such a good point. I mean, because I'm guilty of that. Uh, when I go to the gym, I kind of have that mindset, oh, you got to break yourself today. You got to really go at it, really go at it. And as you mentioned, it gets exhausting. And I feel like in the past, that's kind of what's led me out of that gym routine is that you have that mindset when you go in there. If I'm not killing myself, am I really putting in the effort I need to? Um, so like you said, it's, it's, it's moderation. Just like your diet, exercise goes hand in hand. And there's a whole lot of variables, a whole lot of... Uh, different things that go into that workout routine and you got to find what's right for you diet exercise are two big parts of your health and then there's also your mindset kind of your mental well-being do you have any strategies anything that you put into effect to make sure that your mental health is okay that you're thinking positive that you have maybe some stress relief and take some breaks from all this work and kind of these media dreams that you're pursuing uh the fact that i've been able to make so many friends kind of outside the media world, outside the radio bubble, uh, back at residence or other programs, whatever it has, but just to kind of clear your mind of what we're doing. Of course, radio is fun. Uh, it's, it's so great to be able to do it. I'm having a blast. But every now and then you need to click out of that mindset just to refresh and go out and experience because we're creative people. I mean, this is, this is a lesson you've taught me uh, a little farther back, how creativity is a resource, right? And in order to pump out thoughts and pump out ideas, you got to allow your mind to take it in. You have to experience things for yourself in order to uh, produce interesting content. Kyler, Kyle Taylor, our professor, you just had your first class with him. Just an outstanding dude. And he shared that idea with me, the, the creative well. And you only have so much in your creative well. And you need to let it the reservoir recharge. You can't just every day be taking scoops out of your creative well because you need to soak life back in. You can't always just be expunging life and expunging creativity. You have to soak it in. And it really is as simple as just walk through, walk through the mall with your headphones out and just listen, just kind of observe what's going on around you. And there's just a take in life and don't constantly be trying to output, you know, finding that balance of input and output. And it's remarkable. And I'm kind of understanding now, I had this revelation the other day, just the phases of my life that I go through right now, I'm in a intake phase. I'm just kind of taking things in and I feel like, you know, just understanding kind of what your tendencies are and just what the right way to, you know, go with the flow, understand what your body needs, give it that, and just kind of alternate between those two extremes. You know, life is just like a ping pong game, you know, yeah, yep. and navigating, uh, you know, where, wherever, which way the wind's blowing, right? And just kind of not fighting which way the wind's blowing. That's the thing. There's interesting things going on around you wherever you are whatever time of year it is it's up to you to go out and experience it and see it no one's going to take you by the hand and and drag you out into that shopping mall and soak it in that that's on you uh you have the opportunity to take this all in take it especially as you mentioned in the type of career that we're heading towards expo and you're outputting so many ideas so many thoughts that if you don't have some for your own you're going to be lost cause there's not much you can do at that point and just to end things off, man, I really appreciate you coming on today. I think it's been a great, great conversation with you. Um, anything else going on outside of your life besides media? You know, I might be guilty of I've made my entire universe 
radio and media and speaking into microphones. Do you have anything going on? Like, what's anything outside of radio? Like, anything, you know? To be honest, this this has been such a such a consuming course for me. Just I'm trying to soak up everything that I can. And I know you're guilty of this too, as you just mentioned. It's tough to look outside, but kind of just as a student, as, as a college student again, I'm a little bit older. I'm 23 uh, on residence and now looking at student housing and, and where this is taking me in the future. Just, just be a college student again has been fun. It's been real nice. I've worked the nine to fives. I've worked the crappy jobs. And now to just be back here having fun, it's, it, I don't take it for granted as much as I do now. Mm. So apart from the school thing, just the entire college experience has just been so nice to get back into. Yeah, man, it's it's a great way to connect with people. You know, we're in this program, we're at this great college, and there's just so much going on. And, you know, hats off to you for getting involved with athletics and doing the broadcast because not only is it something you want to do, you jumped on that opportunity, but it's a gateway to meet all, all kinds of cool people that we have at our disposal here. And, uh, yeah, man, my, my experience at this college has been overwhelmingly positive. I came to Humber because I used to play football and I came here for this high-level training camp, you know, overnight stay for the weekend here mm-hmm. at Umber College North Campus. And I came back here, and I was like, must have been 14 years old, and I just thought this place was beautiful. I just really connected with it. I got a great vibe, and really that was a big part. That was my Sid Sex Zero reason for coming here. <laughs> I just had connected with Humber such a long time ago, and I kind of just felt that gut instinct that this was the right place to be. And uh, it's been positive. I'm glad it seems like you're really getting a lot out of it, and I would just keep at it, man. Just keep fucking... You know, being a rock star and just, you know, it's it's amazing. We talk about coming here and doing something different and challenging yourself. And sometimes you can kind of be proud of yourself for a moment and be like, wow, you know, I feel like I'm actually improving. I'm doing something. I feel like I could actually, I feel like I'm okay at it. I think I could be really good if I just, you know, keep practicing. And the flip side to that is those crushing realizations like, holy, fuck, I don't know if I could do it. There's like this ping pong going on and everybody I talk to in a creative profession talks about that. The the doubt, the self-doubt, the, the confidence, the bursts of energy, those sometimes you're just really in a, in a funk and then you get this one thing that kind of keeps you going you know this one reward or one hey somebody gives you the the fucking a-ok and uh it's quite a journey we're on and i think that it's cool that you know as much as this is a solo journey we all get to share this with people that are also kind of in the same boat and uh i think it's a really cool thing man yeah being surrounded with people with these common experiences it just gives you peace of mind that hey look uh, guys like you everybody else in athletics they've gone through the same road i have and it's 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 time for me to take their lead and make something of this it's like kind of a lonely journey we're all on but yeah when you hear people kind of open up and share their experiences and just kind of talk about what's really going on beneath the surface and you kind of go oh you know what similar thing going on with me those are the most powerful experiences those forge really powerful relationships and uh yeah just gonna keep doing that just gonna roll to a stop here on the uh, Chip Marble Podcast. <laughs> thanks a lot, Adam Lucher. You're the man. It's been a treat. Thanks for having let's me. Let's go do some. Let's go broadcast some volleyball. What do you say, kid? Can't wait. Time to bump.